Welcome to the World Architecture Festival podcast. This series features recordings from the annual festival, where architects and commentators discuss the latest challenges and innovations in the industry. Make sure you subscribe to always receive the latest episode and also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at WorldArchFest. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to day two of World Architecture Festival 2016. Uh, when we were in Singapore last year, um, this morning's first speaker, Alan Balfour, uh, gave a wonderful presentation on the city of Shanghai, uh, its historical development and its place in the world today. Uh, and it was such a good presentation that we've asked him to come back to WAF this year, this time to talk about a city he knows very well, Berlin. Um, he wrote a very well-received book on this city uh, in the 1980s, spent a year uh, on the other side of the border, in, uh, spent a month in, in East Germany doing research on it. And what he's going to do this morning, I think, is to uh, present a kind of view of Berlin um, from a historical perspective, but bringing things up to the present day and, in a sense, um, revisiting uh, his own book um, and seeing what has happened um, since, uh, since he was in Berlin before the uh, extraordinary ending of, uh, of the DDR. Um, Alan's a, a former chairman of the Architectural Association, former Dean of Architecture at Georgia Tech. Uh, please give a warm WAF welcome to Alan Balfour. Paul, thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. In a sense, what I'm going to offer you is a, is a compliment to, to um, Berlin, Babylon, um, but a much slower, longer view of things. Um, and here I am. Um, there's the book. This was 30 years ago. And then I, and, and it was very much about what I thought was the, the nexus of the city, this area um, called Leipziger Platz, which we'll get to know very well in the next few minutes. A few years later, I produced this, which was an attempt to look at all the reconstruction, all the attempts to remake the city after the, the wall came down. Paul asked me to, to, to address this. After the, wall of, uh, after the Berlin Wall, there was a belief that a vision for Berlin could provide a model for new world cities and a stage for new world citizens. How did the world architects respond and what have been the consequences on life in the city today. Short answer, most of the proposals from world architects have been strange and often absurd and have little impact on life of the city. Local architects, however, have achieved a great deal. But to do justice to the question, and it's terribly important to look at any aspect of Berlin to, 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 to look, to take the long view, you have to go back almost 300 years. And I, I actually, I've loved this. I mean, I, I have, now, for 30 years, watch this project. It's like an extremely slow conceptual project as, as all kinds of forces attempt to create a meaningful uh, reality that, uh, that um, somehow suits their play. Everything that follows, everything that follows happens in this area. Architect and uh, 
if it's on, there it is there, and Pasamaplas, which has yet to be formed here. And this is the stage, the singular place is a stage for all the future plays in this place. Here it is in the middle of the 17th century. Um, if we look here, this row of trees you now know of as Unter den Linden, the Brandenburg Gate was subsequently built on the right of the image. But our concern is an area quite far to the, uh, to the edge above the tree line. Um, and this extraordinary drawing, I think, from 1737, uh, sort of sets the play for the New Berlin, and a play that, 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 has, not, that has not in any way weakened. You have this um, fiercely defended medieval city, and you have a, a, a fairly informed, enlightened uh, leadership within the Prussian aristocracy wanting to break out of that shell. And he employs Dutch surveyors to, to lay out South Friedrichstadt, South Friedrichstadt, breaking through the kind of introverted medieval order and creating this, this um, sequence of streets still held by a, a tax wall. And in these streets, he creates three gates. One is Pariserplatz, the Brandenburg Gate will be built here, and here's Unter den Linden going to the, the palace, exactly what is now being rebuilt. And here's the Achtek, and here's Harasher Tor to the south. Um, the, the significance of this uh, particular point, it's like the eye of the city, is that this, this was the, the entry to the city from the palace of Sans Souci. And particularly Frederick Great, much favored uh, palace. And even the shape of the, um, the, the, the plaza itself reflects the ambition of the city. It's, it's, it's an eight-sided shape, um, a, a, a fond reflection of what's happening in Paris at the Place, Place Vendôme. And here it is. Um, not um, not a, a, a kind of egalitarian city, all of this structure was a way of creating settings in which all the, 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 the local political aristocratic families could be somehow under the control of the king. And um, it, 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 on the death of Frederick the Great, 1786, it assumes an extremely interesting role. Um, that th This was a, a, someone so venerated in, in somehow giving new meaning to the Prussian people that he is... Uh, he is essentially made a, into a god, a godlike figure. And here, here is the most gifted architect of, in many ways in, in, the, in, the 19th, in the 18th century Europe, Frederick Gilles, in the middle of the Achtec, conceiving of a temple to the memory, the deification of, uh, of Frederick the Great. And comes the war, the Napoleonic Wars, Germany is defeated, and then Germany and the rest of Europe fight back, and France is defeated, and, and, and an, an enormous sigh of relief. And it's a freedom not only from French occupation, but a freedom also from the, the, the absolute monarchies that have preceded. And the student of, um, of Gilles, Karl Friedrich Schinkel, conceives of this, again, in the Achtec, he conceives of this great cathedral to liberation. Vast cathedral. 
as he is working on it, he gets so enthralled by the idea of the German people that he conceives of what he really wants to have here, a thousand-foot monument um, to all that, that Prussia could offer the world. Um, there's a sense of, slight sense of madness in this, but this is, within this field, this octagon, his imagination soars in this way. Um, and he then does this extraordinary painting, which seems to actually can comment on the, on the death of absolute, absolute monarchs, absolute rule, and the possibility of a very new kind of liberal democracy somehow in the distance guided by the church. Brilliant painting, again by Schinkel. But all this quickly, quickly sort of fades in as the 19th century begins to kind of become industrialized and more worldly. And, and these dreams by Schinkel shrink to these two little gates to, 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 to Potsdamer Platz. And remember the circle in the foreground, you'll see it reappear. Two little gates and the octagon. And so it proceeds, 1825, a carriage comes in through the door, the gate to the city, Bourge large bourgeois houses and offices are being built around it. The first train to enter Berlin comes in along the tax wall, about to be torn down, past, past Schinkel's sweet little gates. And it's 1900, and a different kind of city is emerging, but the gates, the gates still hold a kind of civic order to the idea of the city. 1905, Baedeker, it's now a highly mechanized city of trolley lines, tram lines, subway systems, um, ordered, and, 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 and yet, uh, uh, interesting, power is still held here, the Kaiser is still here. Um, the great ceremonial passages still exist, but a very different commercial world is emerging here, much more vital, much more worldly. And here it is, 1910, bustling uh, trolley cars and exciting shops, hotels, and really the most extraordinary building of all is here, a vast department store by uh, 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 Alfred Messel, a brilliant sort of gothic fantasy, vast vaulted halls, uh, covering, uh, as you will discover later, the whole block uh, to, the, to the east. But, but more than merely, uh, like Cadave now, but 10 times the size of Cadave, an enormous idea of somehow a link between the civic life and, and commercial life. Um, the last gasp of the Kaiser, 1913, he orders a reassessment be done of, of the future of, of, of Leipziger Platz and Potsdamer Platz, and he conceives of this, this very, very solemn, brooding building being built, Schinkel's gates here and here, past Schinkel's gates, uh, onto Leipziger Platz. And as we know, chaos. And, and you know, you only get a sense of the chaos that ensued when, when you look at the paintings of George Gross, for example. The sense in losing the Kaiser, losing the idea of the monarchy, you lost all semblance of, 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 of somehow establishing order in the culture. Um, chaos, chaos, chaos. And it is extraordinary to me, if, as architects, that, that, that these figures emerge, particularly in, in this case, Bruno Taut, who believes that somehow architecture can offer a solution. The Stadtkrone, the, the city crown, if we only can build an object strong enough 
and, 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 and powerful enough will somehow create order again. Um, and this creates two extraordinary buildings, I think, that can be seen from our site. 1919, a competition for Frederick Strasse, uh, this by Sharoon, in which he sees the new Germany being kind of revived by this great, almost flame-like power. Very loud, exciting, dramatic. And at the same time, his colleague, Mies van der Rohe, does this. Now, this is seen as some sort of, sort of peon to kind of rational modernism. In fact, it's an extremely severe piece of expressionism. This is said in the, saying, in the face of total chaos, we can say nothing. Five years later, uh, another set of drawings are prepared, trying to envisage the future of Berlin. These are the drawings of Adolf Hitler. And he was clear, even at this stage, that, that he sees these drawings concerning two things. He sees them, I'm checking time, he sees them uh, uh, somehow paying tribute to the thousands who must die to achieve the goal of the new nation. And this cathedral-like object embodies the idea of the new Germany. The giddiness is, in, again, in so many illustrations. Here we get Leipzig up paths and the gates and a kind of craziness on the streets. But the reality is equally bustling and exciting and, and progressive. And in 1930, um, uh, Eric Mendelssohn conceives of somehow streamlining the whole of the city, of the square, beginning with Leipziger Platz. And, and one building in particular he is fond of, this building here on this part, Columbus House. Columbus House as a tribute to America, and, it, and as it's completed, it is the most progressive building in the city. Um, and as it's completed, Hitler comes to power, and the city has changed. If you look closely, you'll see by 1937, this building is covered in swastikas. The regime somehow, with propaganda, transformed the city with its regalia. And this then emerges all too briefly. Here is Columbus House, this little appendage onto this projected building. Of course, the gates. And here, just behind Leipziger Platz, Hitler's Reich Chancellor. Hitler's Reich Chancellor. 1939, the date is wrong there. It's built in a year. And it's built as a fragment of this, this extraordinary plan to, um, to, to create a world city, Germania, centered on this huge dome building, great axis, passing the Brandenburg Gate and passing the um, Leipziger Platz. Here it is, vast. The plans were well in place that, that after Germany won the war, all these would be embassies of foreign nations and be an enormous world festival celebrating German, German, Germany's victory. Here we have the great dome, and in the, in the foreground here we have the, the remnants of, um, of the, uh, the, the older city, Achtek still there. And Hitler clearly achieves his goal, and there's no doubt. This, this is 
a thousand feet high. This arch will, will carry the names of all who die to achieve his, his goal. 1940, a dense city, and you see the shadow of this building emerging. The dome is here, architect here. The great axis will run right through the middle of it all. And of course, it all comes to nothing. How am I for time, Paul? Am I all right? Um, the Reich Chancellor on one side, Columbus House on the other, Columbus House seen through Schinkel's gates, Columbus House somehow in the midst of all of the, the ruin, because of its construction, survived the bombing better than any building in the area, but this is what is left in 53, 40, 53. Nothing. And with uh, the settlement, the city is divided into sectors. How do you divide a city? You paint a line on the ground. And for a while, through Schenkel's gates, sort of some commercial life begins again in, 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 in Columbus House. But then it's essentially taken over by the social regime. It is uh, used to carry. Uh, uh, posters promoting the, the new world in socialism. Um, and the British begin to sort of make some sort of fence along its edges. And it's interesting to see in these photographs in the background of Leipziger Platz, the, the actual, the, 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 the withering of reality. It dies before our very eyes, the whole area, again in the distance, Leipziger Platz. This is the most poignant image for me. This was the great commercial street, Postamastrasse reaching into the city in 19, this is 1918, uh, 19, uh, probably 1912. This is the same place exactly in 1953. And there's a little tower up in there, which actually exists in this drawing up in the, the city divided. There's a competition, the Corbusier enters, um, he has no, um, no interest in the politics. He clearly creates a wall along where there is a wall now. His interest is order. I mean, if this is nothing, if, if this is not fascism, it is nothing. I mean, he would essentially wipe out any vestige of the, of the historical city. The palace, by the way, had already gone because the DDR government, even before 1949, removed the palace. In total contrast of, of, of Cobb's fascism is the anarchy of, 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 of Sharun. He wants to make a city which is so disordered that the kind of, the kind of control that we saw in, in the Esau and National Socialism could never happen again. He wants disorder. And here is the Achtek forcing parts of the city back into village life, and, uh, village life and country life. This actually becomes a model for Leipziger Platz later on, Leipziger Strasse. This is the most extraordinary thing. This, this was the English couple, Alison and Peter Smithson. Um, they um, had just been much praised for a house of the future. They were so thrilled and we were all excited by this. And it is interesting. You can't actually find the architect, it is in there, but, but what, if you look closely, this is what Leipziger Platz will become within that great plan. Simply so you compare this as a proposition with this in the same place. 
and we go on. And it's interesting also that the Soviet response to the destruction was essentially to restore the city as it was. And, and they insisted on restoring the palace and destroying the church, the cathedral. And the city divides along this line. So did the sort of contrast between the cultures becomes evident. The East plays sports, the West plays commerce. There are news uh, banners broadcasting each side's view of reality, and in the background, the ruins of, of, um, of Wertheim's store. And again, this withering goes on, Schinkel's gates still surviving, and then the wall in 61 goes up. In, in, in the 80s, the tourist map from the east looked like, up oh, from the west looked like this. There was no evidence of any particular um, uh, strangers about this city, but in the east, there was no doubt that there was no reality beyond that edge. And here it is, Leipziger Platz and Potsdamer Platz. And here, against it all, this, this tragic figure of Sharun's Philharmonie, the first building, almost willfully, it's like a, a black dwarf, the kind of collapse of all external reality shrinks to this one thing here. The only order somehow is an internal order. It, it looks for no comfort beyond itself. Um, and here's emerging slowly this peculiar place called Culture Forum. The library being built, which is the only major piece of disruption that, that Sharun achieves on this side. Mies Art Gallery, Sharun Philharmonie. And it, this uh, moves forward. Here is the circle laid out by Schinkel between, beside the gates to nothing. In the distance, in the distance would have been Leipziger plants. I'm not getting quite the light on. But it's the Brandenburg Gate. The walls are built again and again. And the walls assume in the West an extraordinary, almost uh, mystical quality. This woman who'd lost her child comes here to paint on the wall that her child went missing in 1985, Wayland, Massachusetts. And then slowly emerging in the West, and this is one of the great failures of, of, of both architecture and urbanism in the city, they create culture forum. Hmm? I mean, you have the, the library, Philharmonie, the small concert hall, Mies, and then here, here, just at the edge here, is the entrance to one of the great galleries of of, of Europe, the Gamalda Gallery, and I was there the other day and there was no one, there was no one there. I mean, it's the equal of anything in the National Gallery. Um, I asked the cab to take me to Cultural Forum and he wasn't sure it was. This is Cultural Forum and it was going to be the nexus. It was going to be the absolute center within the, 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 the western city of the, of the revived culture of Berlin. An extraordinary failure. Here's the scattering things that was Cultural Forum. Here, lost somewhere, and here's the architect. And we go on, and we go on. And it's interesting, the, <coughs> the most important maps produced in the, in, the, in the West were very careful to reproduce every piece of land. The ownership of every piece of land was crucial, particularly when the wall came down. On, the wall comes down. There's an absurd response from architects, Venturi, a silly step. Trier, some flooding the crates, getting Venice or some such. Uh, Trumi, 
creating peculiar bridges across. Rossi probably um, grasped the kind of importance of this place and so it was prescient in this work. In a series of competitions to somehow recreate um, Postsummer Platz and Leipziger Platz, Rogers. Foster, Axel Schultes, Ungers, Kohlhoff, with these strange rockable ascenders all round between the buildings of Mies and Sharun. And of course, the most extraordinary, scrapping it of all, Danny Liebskin, you see the, the, the octagon in the middle of it all between this amazing confection of layers of, 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 of fantasy. And the winner was very conservative German architects, Hilmer and Sattler, who essentially attempt to create a grid that replicates in some way to smaller scale the grid of the older city. And it goes on, and it's subdivided into parts, in three parts. There's the Sony part, the Mercedes-Benz part, the ABB part, and then separately Leipziger plants. This is a great success. Humboldt Jan Sony Center is, is very popular and really quite extraordinary. And people, they, they tried to stop it. It was resisted. Piano uh, won the project and gathered a number of very good architects in to, to solve the major site, the Mercedes-Benz site. It won because it was the only one that tackled the issue of trying to make sense of the Sharoon Library on this side. And many architects were involved, Rogers, Kohlhoff, Timmerman, Maneo. Um, uh, it is, it is uh, good architecture, but by and large fairly lifeless as it gets built. Um, here in the distance, Leipziger Platz. It was interesting, if you look here in the photograph, This little, I'm sorry again, this, this, there's a little dome here, which is the surviving dome that is shown in this photograph. So 2001, it begins to fill in. Um, the last sector is called, um, is called the ABB sector. This is Will, Will, Will Allsop's entry. entry. The, the winning entry was this project by uh, Grassi. I simply do not understand it. And so it emerges. I mean, after 60 years of attempts to make sense of this area, this is what results. The, 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 the saddest piece, if we look here and here, essentially history wins in all of this, except for this confusion. The saddest piece is, is, is Leipziger Platz. Because it falls in the, in the east, um, there was no dealing in terms of, of uniting land ownerships. So all the owners of the land prevented a competition being held. And they, uh, they then essentially developed the site piecemeal. Possible Platz competition in the foreground. By the way, Hitler was, Hitler's body was burned in this area here. That's Vostrasse, the chancellery stood on this site. Um, and this is what results. So here, after 300 years, an idea is recovered, and yet ideas are lost. You go from this 
to this, to this. And I think it's terribly important to, 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 to try and sort through what we're losing as well as what we're gaining, what is missing as well as what we're adding, because this seems to me an extraordinary failure. Thank you. Is that a good time? There we are. Alan, that was a, a comprehensive run-through of this extraordinary history of place, um, Leipziger Platz, and it's very obvious from what you say that you think that actually it's been an enormous failure uh, of urbanism, and I wonder, looking at a perspective from now as opposed to when you wrote your book, do you think that, um, that we have learned lessons from that? Do you think things are actually better now than they were because we've seen uh, what a mess was made? I, I, you know, I, it's, a, it's so difficult. I mean, you know, I know some of these people. We all know their reputations. They are extremely well-meaning. This, this was not in any way failure by neglect. Um, this, was, this was somehow, somehow in our education a loss of understanding of, of the character, the qualities of urban life. It may be also to do with the, the way in which large corporations control the developments of these areas. The sadness for me is the area around um, Leipziger Platz. Uh, the, 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 the Mall of Berlin is one of the most, at least in terms of its public presence, one of the most awkward objects in the city. Um, and, it, and it sits both within the family and within the memory of one of the great commercial public buildings in history. And, it, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm not a, a, a you know, in, in, in no way do I believe in any way in, in reconstructing history, but there must be lessons that can be drawn. I mean, what is interesting is how many lessons are lost within this. I mean, and of course, you, you, the politics are clear. Um, um, this, is, this, is, I mean, this is not the age of absolute monarchs. It, 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 is a, it is a commercial age. Um, it's a, an age of, um, of, um, of event. That's why the Sony building is so clearly, uh, clearly successful. But why it, within the piano uh, project there isn't a, a more intimate, more interesting, engaging sense of street life is beyond me. However, elsewhere in Berlin there are some extremely good new projects, all done in this rather severe um, thin classicism that, that, that Berlin architects persist in, that really is very successful. It's almost as though those um, more commercial buildings have been built as fortresses. They've been, they're object buildings. I mean, yeah. the Sony Center is a case in point, isn't it? Very little related. I and mean, contrasting that with, say, just walking down Friedrichstrasse, um, they're like chalk and cheese. And I wonder whether in a way, the sort of monumentality of buildings like the Cerny Center um, are, are an attempt to recapture Schinkel um, rather than looking at the kind of more everyday architecture that informed most of the city. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. I mean, what is curious to me was the... Was the, was the, the, the and it, it, for all of us, it's worth looking at because, I mean, more money, more energy has been spent in trying to imagine the future of Berlin than almost any other place I know. I mean, the, 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 the winning project um, attempted to, 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 to somehow compromise with history to create a grain, a texture, a character of squares and simply, simply did not, um, did not uh, uh, produce the results they expected. 
Only when these rules were broken did the thing become more interesting. Um, you know, you look at, 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 at the entries from Rogers and Foster, which seem to me in many ways much more intelligent. They, they were all maybe trying far too hard in that, in that setting. In fact, uh, th this is a city of, of, in which the architecture, by necessity, is, is, a, is a background to a kind of rather rational street life. I mean, just thinking about um, other cities that face the same um, problem about, de about destroyed buildings and what your attitude to history was. Um, I mean, Warsaw is an interesting example, isn't it? Or Hamburg are places where there was a much more conscious attempt that we will simply rebuild um, what was there before. And although they, by definition, look artificial because it's very, very difficult to, to make buildings look genuine because, for all sorts of reasons, um, they didn't really try that in, in, in Berlin, did they? They did, they did in some areas of East Berlin. I mean, it's a very peculiar... Um, and I, I, I remember having lengthy discussions. Um, the, the, um, I mean, the, the, the rebuilding of the, the Stadtschloss is interesting in that regard. Um, you know, when the Soviets came in, they were quite clear to the Radio government to tear down the, um, tear down the, the, the cathedral and, and, and maintain the palace because that's where you then maintain control, and of course the reverse was done. The, 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 I mean, you know, the, the, we're dealing with, with quite a complex metaphysics. The East Germans loved their parliament building. The East Germans believed with some justification that they were the, 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 the nation that gave birth to modernism. They believed their projects for the new Berlin were the very best of the of the modern vision for the future city. This is, and they still believe it, by the way. I mean, projects like Marzan, Way to the East, is still as Marxist as ever. Um, th there was despair when they tore, tore down the Volkspalast, the, the, the building that stood where the palace now stands. It was the parliament of the DDR, which had all of the things that the DDR pioneered, strange sort of weavings, a, a, a pattern of, of wall decoration, of carved walls, I mean, it, it was a, it, but there, was a, there was a meaning in this which was a, a, almost like a negation of conventional, conventional symbolism and, and they, uh, um, they've despaired at, at somehow uh, some qualities unique to them were being destroyed. A final question. I mean, one, one, one of the things that strikes me <clears throat> going around the city is kind of how empty it is. I mean, the, there seems to be, uh, you know, around the whole Potsdamer Platz area, there's space leaking out everywhere. No, no and, one, and yet no. in your his lovely historic photography, I, I mean, the buildings, they all come up to a proper building line. They all have a very clear relationship to the street. You don't get this sense of just a kind of meaningless, meaningless space bleeding away all round the edges. I know, I know. No, no intimacy at all. I mean, we have photographs from 1900 of extraordinary intimacy, of a kind of continual pleasure in, in street life, and it all goes. Something happened. Was that simply that the modernist project rejected that notion of street life? I mean, was it... Oh, that you know the aesthetic of the plan voisin for instance no, no. <clears throat> all that emptiness um, no people uh, 
Yeah, I think that's certainly true. I mean, it, you know, as you're here, looking at the, the, the residue of, of, of DDR housing all around us here, it's worth thinking about that and what its future will be. There was no doubt a, 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 a wish to, to somehow, I mean, it was to do with the conditions of work, working classes to ease the congestion, but it was also a wish to, to somehow, um, in the open space, create a new relationship between the individual and society. Um, uh, uh, and, it, and it's across East Germany, uh, and and um, we simply don't we we have no way of. I think that's different from the problem in 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 Leipziger Platz, which I think is just um, architecture, maybe from 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 a lack of intimacy with the place. Um, they are they, we call them failures. I mean, the, the East German issue is more complex because for many it was a great success. A good note to end on, I think. I mean, I think the, the wonderful thing about Berlin is that whatever, <clears throat> whatever failures of urbanism there may be, there are also very vibrant parts of this city where, where a tradition of street life is absolutely uh, alive and well. I mean, a 10-minute cab ride from this venue will take you to a street full of restaurants and bars and life. Friedrichstrasse is a wonderful place. The Hackersham Markt. It still keeps that sense of intimacy and scale, which you have so nicely illustrated um, in some of the photography you showed earlier. Alan Balfour, thank you very much. Thank indeed. you very much, Paul. Thank you.